Welcome. This is Crime Noir, a true crime podcast telling our stories. And I'm your host, Candace, and this is Case 4, The Disappearance of Alexis Murphy. Hey guys, welcome back to Crime Noir. This is case four, Alexis Murphy. This was a listener request and I appreciate you guys for giving me cases and ideas. I'm still looking to feature more black men, so feel free to email me, tweet me, or DM me on Instagram. I am Crime Noir, the podcast on Instagram. I'm CrimeXNoir on Twitter. Even though this was a listener request, I had heard of this case before, so somebody recommending it to me just made it jump to the top of my list. This case is just, it's really sad to me. I hope you guys feel as moved as I do when we're done with this episode. Before I start today's episode, I like to give a listener discretion. Although this podcast does not feature explicit language, it does talk about violence and other mature content. Listener discretion is advised. So I feel very close to this case because Alexis Murphy is from Virginia and I'm also from Virginia, so I kind of feel a connection to her. But anyway, let's just get to the facts. On August 3rd, 2013, 17-year-old Alexis Tierra Murphy, she left her house to buy some hair extensions in, in Lynchburg, Virginia at 7 p.m. She had a hair appointment for the next week to take senior pictures. Y'all know we got to get our hair done for any kind of special event, so I feel her. She was graduating from Nelson Senior High School. At the time, she was on the volleyball team, and she planned on attending college. Like many black girls, we love switching our hair up, but who knew this would be the last time Alexis was seen alive? She was later spotted on surveillance at Liberty Station, which is a gas station in Lovingston, Virginia. Three days later, on August 6th, her white Nissan Maxima was found near a movie theater, which was less than a mile from where she worked. On August 11, 2013, Randy Taylor was charged with Alexis's disappearance. He was charged with abduction by force. He's also suspected of the disappearance of Samantha Clark. Samantha Clark was also another Virginia woman who disappeared. At the time, she was 19. The only difference between her and Alexis is that she was actually a white female instead of black. Uh, Samantha Clark was last seen on September 13, 2010. She told her younger brother she was leaving and that she'd be back in the morning, taking only her house key. She's never returned and they haven't heard from her and she hasn't been seen since. Randy is considered a suspect in Samantha's case. And I'm going to just be honest, y'all. He looks creepy. When I see a photograph of him, I am creeped out. I will be posting the photo or his mugshot on Instagram for you guys to see. Oof, just creeps me out completely. It's also known that him and Samantha talked heavily on the phone. And the day that she vanished, they talked five times on the phone. Five times on the phone. It was, uh, it's very uncharacteristic of her to leave without warning. So it's, I, I do suspect foul play in the disappearance of Samantha Clark. Fast forward to January 2014, Randy Taylor received additional charges. He was charged with murder, even though they don't have a body, and abduction with intent to defile. For anybody out there that's listening who doesn't know what abduction with intent to defile is, I'm going to be honest, I had to Google it myself. 
it basically means abducting somebody with intention to sexually molest them or sexually assault them. He was convicted of all his charges in May 2014, and he received two life sentences in prison. So the trial is the most interesting part of this case to me. Um, A lot of things were uncovered that weren't necessarily broadcasted to the public. So Alexis and Randy briefly spoke at that gas station they were both at. He is also seen on their surveillance at the same time she is from that gas station. The gas station attendant also um, testified in court that he saw Alexis following Taylor's truck. I believe he had like a camouflage Chevrolet Suburban. I'm not exactly sure which vehicle it is, but he was seen or she was seen following him. Randy had a distinct Daffy Duck tattoo on his neck, and that is one way they were able to help identify him. It's also reported that Randy hung out at the gas station, a.k.a. loitered, which I feel like is really weird because who just hangs out at a gas station? Like, get a life. And so when they were doing the investigation, the first thing they obviously checked, or one of the first things they obviously checked was Alexis's cell phone, and it continued to ping um, while she was missing. They pinged her cell phone to a rural highway, like a mile away from the gas station. And when they pulled up to this phone or this area, guess who they saw? Randy. He came out and introduced himself and allowed them to come into his trailer and look around. Idiot. This guy didn't even bother cleaning up. So they took the items that they found and then went and got a search warrant because obviously if you know it could be a crime scene, you need a search warrant or the evidence will be thrown out. Over the many searches that they conducted in Randy's trailer, they found her earrings, her hair, a fingernail, a false eyelashes. They even found a t-shirt of Randy's with her blood on it and it was just stuffed under his couch. Her cell phone was found crushed to the point of no return in his yard and they were able to find her cell phone using canines. The crazy part is, is that Randy denied even meeting Alexis. He later admitted that he met her by chance at Liberty Gas Station, which we have surveillance of. But he denied it at first. And then once, I guess, the evidence started mounting against him, he then went and told police that it was a black man she was last seen with. Ain't that crazy? So according to Randy, that him and Damien went back to smoke and drink. I don't know. This part is kind of confusing to me, y'all. So I'm just going to kind of say it how I read it. That they all went back to smoke and drink, but Alexis did not join them. And the last time Randy saw her, she was alive. Fortunately, Damien was ruled um, out as a suspect as he had an alibi. He was in Alabama at the time with his family. He wasn't even in the trailer at all, wasn't in the state. That's just crazy to me how you could be minding your business and someone can lie on you and put you in the middle of a murder trial. That's crazy. I'd be pissed, to be honest, y'all. So before Damien was discovered, I know they were looking for this alias black man and Jesse Matthews was also investigated. In my opinion, he's a serial killer slash serial rapist. Jesse Matthews has been getting sexual assault accusations since as early as 2002 while he was a student at Christopher Newport University and also Liberty University, which both of these are in Virginia. 
He is responsible for the murder of Hannah Graham and is also responsible for the murder of Morgan Harrington. Morgan Harrington was murdered in November 2009 after attending a Metallica concert. She was 20 at the time. Hannah Graham was murdered in September 2014 by Jesse after a night out of drinking. Jesse is also responsible for a 2005 rape in Fairfax, Virginia. This case sat unsolved until they gathered the DNA from Morgan Harrington and Hannah Graham. Jesse Matthews has been investigated for a couple other disappearances in the area. Uh, Autumn Day disappeared July 24, 2003. She has not been heard from or seen again. Sophia Rivera also disappeared from Newport News on September 7, 2003. She has not been seen or heard from again. Heidi Childs and David Metzler also disappeared from Blacksburg, Virginia on August 26, 2009. They have not been seen or heard from since. Cassandra Morton disappeared from Lynchburg on October 10, 2009. She has not been seen or heard from since. And then also Samantha Clark, who I mentioned earlier, which Randy Taylor is also a prime suspect, has not been seen or heard from again. So these are all cases that he was investigated for. I know the police did come out and say that Jesse is not a suspect for the disappearance of Alexis Murphy. And quite frankly, I believe them. I do personally believe he's responsible for some more rapes and murders. We just don't know about them and we may never know about them. I don't believe he has anything to do with Alexis. Um, His victims were typically white females. Alexis is black, so I, I just don't see it. So based off all of this information, police believe that a violent encounter happened between Randy and Alexis and that ultimately Alexis was killed. They do not know where her body is and Randy Taylor will not release where her body is. He did try to barter um, for a lighter sentence in exchange for where her body is, but nah, the prosecution and her family was like, nah, no deal. I know during trial, his defense attorneys and stuff were trying to get like all the evidence that they collected during the searches of his house thrown out, but the judge was like, nah, it's staying. And he was convicted without a body, which if you guys follow any true crime news, that's kind of a big deal. It's really hard to get a case prosecuted without a body, especially a first degree murder charge. So let's just jump into some theories. My personal theory, which is substantiated by facts, is that he did kill Alexis. I am unclear on what exactly happened to get to that point. Um, I'm unsure why she followed him in the car. I'm not sure if she was held at gunpoint or something like that. That was unclear to me as I researched this case. I can't imagine how her family must feel. It has to be disappointing to them that her murderer was held accountable, but they cannot lay her body to rest. And I do hope that at some point that they can find her body. I should have also mentioned in the facts section, while police searched his house, they found a notebook of uh, naked women, like naked bodies with the heads cut off. But in the head cutoff place, he put a picture of his co-worker's daughter. So this guy was like a supreme weirdo, and I definitely think he was a sexual deviant. Another piece of evidence that sealed the deal for me that no doubt that Randy is guilty is that 
The day um, Alexis's car was seen on surveillance being parked a mile away from the movie theater, he called a cab at 10.30 p.m. on August 4th, which is the day her car is seen parking in the movie theater a mile away from her to go home. The fact that he tried to negotiate a 20-year sentence in exchange for her body, yeah, definitely did it, and he definitely needs to be in jail. I do think uh, Randy is also responsible for the disappearance of Samantha Clark and possibly other women that have disappeared. I do think he has additional victims, and I hope that police are still looking into any disappearance around where he was. Like I said earlier, I don't think she's alive. She was very active on Twitter and social media and her cell phone prior to her disappearance. She actually tweeted on the day of her disappearance. And to be honest, y'all, reading her last tweets creeped me out because it's just so sad to me. I believe Alexis was um, a victim by opportunity. I think he just saw the opportunity to harm her and he took it. And that it's just unfortunate that this young girl's life was taken like this. Another theory I've heard is that she was a victim of sexual trafficking. And I just don't buy this one. I think sometimes people throw this one out a little too much, even where the evidence doesn't suggest. I just... I don't believe that one, but y'all y'all decide and let me know what you think. Alexis's own family also believes she is no longer living. They just want to have her body for closure, which is completely understandable. To this day, they still continue, and by they, I mean the police, continue to search for Alexis's body. I know her family um, created a foundation called AWARE in honor of Alexis, and it's just to give voices to the silent, missing, and endangered and murdered. And I just think that's a beautiful thing to give back to a community, even though you're hurting. If you have any information on the whereabouts of Alexis Murphy, please contact Nelson County Sheriff's Office at 434-263-7050. So let's just get into this week in true crime news. Akria Avila, don't know if that's how you say their name, but I'm just go with it, is accused of allegedly punching a baby so hard that he killed the child. The mother of the child found her four-month-old unresponsive on April 12th. The reason for the attack was he learned that he was not the father of the child. I guess maybe the mom, I'm making an inference, maybe the mom had lied about the paternity. I don't know. It's it's weird. In turn, he punched the baby in the head multiple times. He's charged with first-degree murder and aggravated child abuse. This story disgusts me. Stop abusing children. Leave them alone. Even though the mom is wrong for lying about the paternity, this is not a logical reaction to said information. It's not cool. Lock him up. Throw away the key. This story is just completely a miscarriage of justice, and I am just disgusted that I'm even reporting this, but just brace yourselves. So a former school bus driver named Shane Peachy, I'm not exactly sure how you say it, was sentenced to probation after pleading guilty to raping a 14-year-old. He received 10 years of probation for a third-degree rape charge. He was ordered to register as a level one sex offender. This means he's not added to the online sex offender database, which is trash. He was deemed low risk because he's unlikely to reoffend by the judge. Who is James McCluskey? Judge McCluskey took into account his quote-unquote clean record and 
since he only had one victim, he gave him a light sentence, which is trash. Authorities say he met her while driving a school bus that he worked for. He gave the girl alcohol and then raped her. The terms of his probation is that he cannot be alone with anyone under 17. The mom released a statement um, about this issue and said that she wishes that he would have gotten jail time because her daughter is struggling with depression and anxiety, and I'd have to agree with her. And this just furthers why people do not report their rapes. I mean, what is the point of reporting your rape if your tormentor can get off scot-free? I mean, people get more time for weed and speeding than this guy got for raping somebody that was underage. This is just disgusting, a true gross miscarriage of justice. And I am really, truly praying for the victims and her family at this time. And my last story of this week is college football player for Washburn University located in Topeka, Kansas, named Dwayne Simmons, was shot and killed in an off-campus shooting. He was shot um, alongside of NFL draft pick for the New York Giants, Corey Ballantyne. Corey Ballantyne was wounded, but he is still alive. And this shooting occurred at 12.45 a.m. close to campus, so... I just want to send my condolences to Dwayne Simmons' family, and I hope that Corey Ballantyne makes a full recovery, and I just keep them in my thoughts and prayers. And that wraps up Case 4, The Disappearance of Alexis Murphy. Information from today's episode was provided by The Charlie Project and an article on Medium.com. I will link the articles on Twitter. Before I completely wrap up, I got some feedback from the user Jazabella. Um, indicating that they would like a recorded hotline so listeners can share their theories. First of all, that's a brilliant idea. Second of all, I would love to feature listener theories and opinions maybe every 10 episodes or so. The only thing is I don't like the way audio sounds recorded on podcasts. Like I don't like the way it sounds like it's recorded on a telephone. So just email me them and I'll compile them and discuss them on the show at a later date. But thank you for your feedback, and I really appreciate it. And as always, everyone, please continue to like, share, and subscribe to Crime Noir. My Instagram is Crime Noir, the podcast. My Twitter is CrimeXNoir. And if you would like to email me, um, CrimeNoirThePodcast at gmail.com. As always, I continue to take listener suggestions. Y'all get me hip to cases that I had never heard of, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate you guys for listening. So tune in for to next week for Case 5. Thank you.